And they're like, a one, a two. And they're like, oh my God, we don't know any songs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hello there, and welcome to yet another episode of Are You Ready for Another? It's the ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. Well, tonight's beer is, for me, is a devil's kettle. It's pretty new. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Satan's Finest. Okay. Uh, It's got this pretty awesome drawing on the front of, like, this demon opening its mouth, and inside (laughs) is, like, other demons... Like filling a barrel of beer and stuff. I don't know. It's yeah. pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> here, the it, description's pretty fun. Uh, insanely black but not harsh ale balanced out the the sweetness of bourbon barrel, um, and the soft fruitiness of American hops. So it's a very dark beer. Okay, it's bourbon barrel age, so it's very high in you know alcohol content. And stuff. Right, but it, it, it's actually not something like I remember. Nate made a joke once about drinking a dark beer, and he's like, "Ooh, that tastes like motor oil," just because it was yeah. so like thick and dark. Okay, this okay. is surprisingly for being eleven and a half percent and like black as night, does have that like little bit of like hoppy punch through. Okay, um, that. Yeah, but yeah, I'd give it probably. Four out of five uh, stars. I don't know. I just took a sip of it, so I'm sure the more I drink it, eleven and a half percent, the better I'll feel, and I'll be like, give me some more of that stuff. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So tonight, my uh, my first beer uh, is from Crabby's uh, Brewing in Edinburgh, Scotland, and Woo! it is an alcoholic ginger beer. Which most ginger beers that you buy in the store and stuff, they're not alcoholic. So I think that's that's kind of cool. But um, not that I've had a lot of experience with like drinking like different like ginger flavored drinks. But yeah. I, how I would describe it is you either have like a smoothness to it or like a bite. And this one is definite the 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 crabby uh, alcoholic ginger beer is it's it's very smooth and almost like creamy tasting, huh. so it's 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 good. And it's from Scotland. Yeah, it's it's uh, brewed right in Edinburgh, so that's cool. Did you cool. get it from your uh, um, uh, Kroger that you yeah the shop from? Yeah, and it's it's weird because. Um, a lot of times I feel like the create your own six pack is kind of very limited. Like, uh-huh. you know, like sometimes it just doesn't seem like there's very cool stuff in there, but yeah, they had, they had this uh Krabby's ginger beer in there. So I was like, ah, I gotta, gotta check it out. <laughs> That's cool. Not to mention, I want to, I want to go to Edinburgh one day. It looks like a really cool city to visit. All right. So I figured, um, we kind of continue our conversation from the last episode where we talked about the music that we listened to. Uh-huh. Uh, but obviously Kevin and I have also played a lot of music in our life. So we thought it'd be a, a good conversation just talking about how we got into playing music, you know, our experiences mm-hmm. in that. And mm-hmm. so, <clears throat> so Kevin, I think to start, let the kind folks know what you play or sing or whatever you do. Yeah, so so I play uh, a bass guitar, and my uh, my sister actually sent me this really funny um, graphic that that I'll we'll have to link in the show notes. But um, uh, I've been playing bass guitar since uh, two thousand, um, and just been in a couple different bands, and just been 
slapping the bass ever since then. <laughs> so what made you start slapping the bass? Why the bass? Uh, well, it's it's kind of a funny story, and it, it, it kind of goes into um, um, the first band I was ever in. It was uh, a three-piece and so we're like, we decided like the, the three of us was, was going to start this band. And so the, the one person had already had a guitar. So we're like, okay, guitar check. <laughs> the other person was like, well, I kind of always wanted to play drums. So they're like, okay, well, you're the drummer check. <laughs> so logically the next one you would have in there would be the bass player. So kind of just by default, I said, I want to. I want to be a bass player because I want to be in, you know, be in this band. So like a week later, I ended up picking up my first bass and then like went right into lessons. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny that it was just kind of Happens just, there. yeah, yeah. It was by default, <laughs> essentially. It wasn't like I saw Victor Wu and play and I was like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta learn how to play bass. Like, no, it was like, ah, I'll just, I'll play bass. I, so. I, I do feel bad for a majority of bassists because I, I think that might be like a, a story for a majority of bassists, except for maybe Victor Wooten or someone, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, Hey, yeah, you play bass. <laughs> like you need to fill this role. You know, it's like, we're right. like something sexy or like drums or you know guitar right. or something people might like see somebody like oh man it's john bonham i want to be like him you know, or whatever <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny so what was your first bass like like so like a week later you're like you're in what grade seventh grade uh eighth grade eighth grade so yeah. you go to mom and dad you're like man can yeah. you take me to go buy a bass guitar and she's like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and yeah so i i like it was it was like literally a week later and we went down to a uh, a local um, music shop uh, that was in my hometown, and it was called Signature. And like, I didn't know Jack Dilly about bass guitars and picking out one. So I think the guy um, kind of just helped me, you know, decide like, oh, you know, this this would be a good good one to start with. So yeah. it wasn't. Um, it's funny because like. A lot of people, you know, their first guitar, bass, or something is, is Squire, which is like the the subsidiary brand of Fender. But um, I was like, ah, oh, well, I can't have Squire because that's a little too beneath me. So <laughs> I opted for like the Mexican um, Fender <laughs> P bass. Um, so it's just funny that like I still had like a threshold, like I had never played bass before, but I was just like. There's no way I would ever own a Squire. <laughs> so, yeah, a Fender uh, Mexican P-Bass was, was my first one. And I got, like, this little baby, little baby, like, I think it was, like, a 10-inch, maybe an 8-inch speaker amp. And, like, within a week from there, I was already into lessons. So it was, like, from deciding to play bass to getting a bass and then being in lessons was, like, the span of two weeks. Like, it was really quick. Now, do you think, because of how quick it was, do you think when you went up to your parents and were like, I, I can't get that cheap Squire brand. I yeah. need to step it up a, a little bit. Do you think in their minds, they're like, well, this will be a fad. That'll be a month, and we just spent yeah. $200 on something. Or <laughs> um, I don't know. That's that's actually a good question for, for my parents. <laughs> I 
I'm sure when they're listening to this, they'll they'll have the answer. Uh, they'll be saying the answer right out loud. Yeah. But but yeah, I'll have to ask them next time I see them because who that that's the kind of funny thing is is being an adult and then hearing about like your childhood through your parents' <laughs> eyes. You're like, wow, I was you know like I would have never thought of it that way. But yeah, I could I could totally see my parents being like, wait, you want me to spend how much on <laughs> something you've never had any interest in before? And and they're like, okay, well, tell us why you want it. And you're like, well, you know, we need a bassist. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's only three of us. Yeah, <laughs> we've already got a guitarist. We've already got a drummer. <laughs> right, right, naturally. And you know what? I also think, um, kind of what led me to to that direction as well is I remember at the time. I think that was like when Blink 182 uh, was like like you know they were they were really popular or they just you know had a couple big hits and stuff and so i do remember watching like blink 182 on mtv and stuff like that and you know they were a, a three piece with guitar bass yeah. and 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 drums and and so i think that was like another like logical with my two friends at the time like oh like you know there's three of us so we're just going to emulate like what what they were doing like mm-hmm. you know with with instruments and how long did that band last um let me think it was it was pretty short maybe maybe like a year and a half hey that's that's longer than i would have yeah guessed because everything when you're in seventh and eighth grade in in high school like oh it was in a really long relationship with a girl in high school it lasted forever and it was like yeah (laughs) yeah You know, uh, and I and I might be I might be uh, long balling it there with a year and a half. It might have been shorter than that, but um, yeah. But it's funny because it's like not only did the band dissolve, but also the friendships dissolved as well. Hey, man, it used to be about the music. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so I play. I'd say mainly guitar. Um, you know, if I was going to say what I am, I'm a guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um. But before that, um, I played maybe six years of trumpet, five years of trumpet, actually. Um, my brother played trumpet in the school band. My dad played trumpet. My grandpa played trumpet. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, I actually had my grandpa's trumpet from like 1930 or something right by my desk here and stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, but I would never say I'm a, tr- a trumpet yeah. player, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, yeah, I played trumpet when I was young, um, and then I, I stopped playing, right. mainly because I got much better at guitar, uh-huh. and I was like, ooh, <laughs> this is better for the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, hilarious. But I remember it was seventh grade, and it was it's kind of funny, because, you know, that, speaking of last episode, when I heard Adam came home from college and started playing animals, right. and I was like, whoa, that, that, that exact same Christmas. Okay. Um, that Adam was home for break, uh, Santa Claus had brought me an Oscar Schmidt, mm-hmm. like dreadnought guitar. Right. And I remember opening it and, it and I think it's probably similar in your family, but we would always have one big gift, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it was a, a big gift for the, my brother and sister and me, or sometimes each of us got one big gift. Like it was the last gift, right? right. It was purposely held mm-hmm. at the end. And this was one of them, and I opened it up, and I was kind of like, eh, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like, right. Uh, like, Santa Claus says that this is what I really need right now, you know? 
this brown guitar yeah, thing okay yeah. you know and and like secretly and i think a lot of kids do like i you know would see go to um like things would come to the school or mm. you'd go to the high school and see performances and somebody'd be doing a solo or something and i'd be like oh man like people are clapping and cheering for him i'd love to be up there like right you know doing the same thing and rocking a solo right. and stuff and like I always had dreams of that, but not really. I never made the connection that it was guitar, right? Okay. Like for a while, it was like saxophone. Uh-huh. You know, like oh, I'd love to play saxophone, but um, we already own trumpets, so I wasn't going to yeah. make my parents buy buy a saxophone. Uh-huh. You know, it was kind of yeah. like I was sax or trumpet player by default. But this guitar, I was kind of like, Ugh. and my mom immediately got me in lessons, mm-hmm. and did not like it. Okay, you know, it it was just an extension of trumpet right. playing. It was here's learning how to read music. Well, I already knew how to read music, uh-huh. so I didn't... But it's like, okay, instead of having a three-valve thing to, to play trumpet, you're just using your four fingers, right. and and my fingers hurt all the time. And it, it was just like, I just did not dig it at all. Okay. You know, because uh-huh. it was the same BS stuff of, like, learning trumpet. You're going to learn these simple songs. Mary Had a Little Lamb. I mean, it wasn't Mary Had yeah, a Little Lamb, yeah. but kind of get what I'm saying right. and stuff. And it was weird because I never really made the connection of like, oh, the songs I'm listening to, that Pink Floyd album that I'm really, really digging right now, I could learn how to play that. Mm-hmm. And I say, I would say it wasn't probably until the next year, my eighth grade year, okay. um, my brother and parents had bought me, speaking of Squire, had bought me a Fender Strat, but at that point it wasn't squire strat it was a fender stratocaster squire series like under like they hadn't made it a subsidiary yet you know it was just like hey here's our cheap Uh and like so i had this electric guitar and i think that's really what and that's probably true for a lot of people acoustic isn't sexy you know you could make acoustic sexy (laughs) (laughs) when you're like slapping acoustic and you know but like electric guitar is where it's at you know it's an extension of you right like it is the most like phallic thing you know (laughs) prince like would do that all the time and stuff and so i I get this guitar and i'm still like that's when i really start you know electric's a little easier to play Uh because the strings are lighter gauge Uh you know my my you know i hadn't really practiced enough up until that point and then my friend dustin or future friend i should say we were going for confirmation at St. Bernadette across the street, and he would come over to my house uh, before we'd have to go to confirmation classes. Mm-hmm. And he saw the guitar in the corner, and he was like, oh, you play guitar? And I was like, I don't know if I was embarrassed by it, but it was another thing, like, like I never would want to, like, brag, go to school and be like, oh, I play yeah. guitar, you know? Yeah. And he was just, he thought it was so cool that I played guitar, and so, like, I kind of wanted to not show off i wanted to impress him mm-hmm. you know and i was like oh i can learn that song right and it, so it kind of happened like me wanting to get the <laughs> like <laughs> you know the friendship of dustin be like oh yeah yeah you, you know you, there's something i do like you obviously don't like video games as much as i do uh-huh. so i can't be like you know bond with you on that but dustin was really into music you know he was really into stuff that i liked that was on the radio but not like he like loved bush um and in bands like that okay. at the time yeah and I like them, but I was like, oh, he really he buys the albums. And so Dustin had this other part of the musical thing that I liked and I wanted to aspire to, right. like buying albums that weren't just 25-year-old Pink Floyd albums, right. you know? <laughs> um, and so that was really that origin of that guitar yeah. thing. And, you know, 
then I really got into it. I changed uh, guitar teachers. Um, I don't. I think my original guitar teacher was fine, mm-hmm. um, but I think he. Uh, I don't know. It was a little too traditional. Like, hey, let's let's follow this structure. Right. Where my new guitar teacher was like what music are you into? And I was like, like Pink Floyd. He's like, oh man, I love this solo. And then he would like play. Okay. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> like he was, you know, yeah. and, but he still had the background of the music theory. Right. And, you know, if I wanted to learn. And so we kind of mixed it. Okay. You know, we, we would learn. Ah. I would be learning why something was a way it was as opposed to just him showing me how to do it. And I really appreciated that. Right. So I, I remember the month. I can't mm-hmm. remember the exact mm-hmm. date. I could look it up, but it was October of 1997. Okay. Is... Um, you know, I was pretty insulated. Um, I didn't really like, I, I was friendly with people at school, but I didn't really like hang out with right. a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember really the only reason I was hanging out with Dustin was because of confirmation. Um, and then once that was over, it became like a, because I had played guitar and he was interested in like learning how to play guitar and, um, write music that we kind of started that friendship. And, we were in some class and we got invited to a, a party and I've never been invited to a party up until that point. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, except for like elementary school, right. where it's like, here's my birthday party, you know? And so I was like super nervous about it. Go to this party. And it was like amazing. I mean, I'm, it, it's like the most mundane party at all. You know, there was no alcohol. There's no, there's no, you know, like, right. I don't even know what we did for fun. Right? right. But it was like, it was like the most like, simple you know good-hearted party um <laughs> for sophomores and stuff you know the parents were right. there and they brought down right. pizzas and stuff and everything. but like i loved it like uh-huh. i thought it was like the best night of my life and dustin and i decided to write a song about it uh-huh. and we called it the night we came alive and um actually i should i'll probably link that i'll probably play a little snippet of it right yeah. now uh on the podcast because it's kind of <laughs> funny because it's just dustin and i like singing uh-huh. you know and i'm playing guitar and that's it yeah <laughs> And like we, you know, at that time, like you do a lot of stuff where you're like, oh, what's our band name going to be? And did you guys have a band name in your band? Yeah. Which, which that, that's a pretty funny story because, um, we were like, I don't know if we were trying to be edgy or, or something, but our first band name was the flying flamers. Okay. And at the time we had no idea that the word flamer was a <laughs> nickname for like someone who was gay. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that just shows you the like kind of the innocence of, of, you know, the, the time. Um, and so we, we did, we ended up realizing that that was not the, the, the right name to, uh, to call ourselves. So we just ended up calling ourselves, um, it was like our our three names. We just like took our three names and like put the letters together and 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 you know made made a name out of it. But oh, nice. But yeah, I thought that was funny how um, <laughs> we caught ourselves the Flamers and had no idea. <laughs> you guys would have had like so many fans. Oh, and you're yeah. like, hey, we're really big with like dudes yeah. and stuff. I mean, it's cool, but like, when are the chicks gonna start showing? Right, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the parents are like, what? <laughs> There's there's a bar, a restaurant in Athens called Bronies. Okay. And, like, 
I, they named themselves before the word brony became like synonymous with like um what is it my little pony uh have you heard them the, the term brony before no, like I've, you're a brony. no i've never heard of so, that here <laughs> this is hilarious so my little pony have you heard about the like the phenomenon of my little pony coming back uh yeah kind uh, of yeah like it's like not just for kid i mean it is a kid's thing but it is like a huge thing that adults watch okay right but a brony is a fan of my little pony but i believe it is like men that are like grown men that are like bronies okay and they will go to like brony conventions that's just you know all guys, they dress up like My Little Ponies. I'll cre- leave this article. Okay. Um, just, you know, I mean, you do you, yeah. you know what I said. Yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> but, but it's definitely one of those. So anyways, this bar that's a very macho, like, like well, a sports bar, man, rah, 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 you know, like um, the owners and the bartenders all that way. And they, they name themselves bronies. And so I just love the idea that, like, people are like, oh, my God, there's a bar that is like dedicated to brony culture <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're gonna have like all these bronies coming down to athens just uh to host their party at we did the exact same thing so dustin and i were like we're gonna form a band man you know we gotta have a name and i, I remember reading that the grateful dead literally just opened up a dictionary and like we're flipping and then just like picked a word and it, or they had like five or something and one of them was grateful Dead, uh-huh. and they thought that was like a really cool sounding name, you know, um, all this stuff. So Dustin and I did the same thing. We opened up dictionary, picked a few things, um, and there was two words that we cut, came up with, or that we p- picked picked out. Right. Um, one was dyspepsia. Okay. Like D Y S P E P S I A uh-huh. dyspepsia. So what? It what's is the like, definition of that? <laughs> uh indigestion essentially <laughs> it's just like you have indigestion yeah so we thought like that was a cool name the other we i don't know why we like this like in hindsight i'm just like why did we pick this but the other was dutch uncle okay and like i think it was just funny because it was like would there be a french aunt or an english right. mother-in-law but it was just like dutch uncle but it was um this one we picked as the name because we thought the definition was funny but the definition for Dutch uncle was an informal turn for a person who issues frank, harsh, or severe comments and criticisms to educate, encourage, or admonish someone. (laughs) 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 Thus, a Dutch uncle is the reverse of what is normally thought of as an uncle-like person, Ah, right? So you're, oh, my my uncle that helps me out and gives me, you know, constructive criticism. Nope, this person's like, gotta (laughs) like be hard on you, you know? So you're Dutch uncle. Okay. Um, so yeah, we we came up with it. We we recorded like ten songs on you know using a little tape deck, and I would overdub my guitar would be on the left channel. Right. The one microphone I had right. with Dustin and I singing would be on the right channel. <laughs> and we we came up with this album. We called it Dyspepsia, and we made like ten copies. Okay. And giving it out to people. Nate, who became the future drummer of Dutch Uncle, we we knew each other because we were in band together in seventh and eighth grade. Like he was in percussion, I was in trumpet, but that was like the extent, really. And we were in a few classes, but we never really, we never really talked or hung out. But then when we started passing this tape around, 
and by passing, I'm I'm literally like we gave it to Roach or something. Right. You know, we were like, hey, listen to our tape. You know, it's really right. good and stuff. I think Dustin gave it to a girl that he was trying to date. You know, that's really what it was trying to be like. Oh, she she likes you, Dustin. Oh, let's write some songs. For yeah. Her. <laughs> you know, Nate is like, hey, do you play guitar? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, hey, I I play drums. And I was like, oh. And I was like nervous. I was like, well, I don't know what this means. And he's like, well, do you want to come over? Yeah. And I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> My brother had convinced Santa to get me a Princeton Chorus Fender uh, amp. Okay. Because you know, I just had a little, I didn't even have an amp at that point. Right. I was still just rocking my, right. jo- my, Joel had given me like his old, like little, you know, 10 watt amp mm-hmm. too. So I didn't even have like a real amp to play out of. And I was just like, when we were to record the electric, it would just be lined right out of the guitar directly into the tape deck. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I was like Jack White before Jack White even <laughs> knew he wanted to get retro sounds. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Then it just kind of stumbled upon there and stuff. But, right. Like, at, around that time, that was around the time that you and I also started playing, um, right? I I believe. Um, like, where the timeline was, what, where, was our awesomely named floyd matthews uh band um, which for anyone that doesn't know <laughs> how pink floyd got their name uh sid barrett really liked uh was it pink anderson and floyd council were two like blues musicians he had like on a compilation okay record from like 1950s or something right. and he really liked the songs from those two musicians two different musicians yeah and so he took one word from one and one name from the other and came up with Pink Floyd. Right. <laughs> and Kevin and I thought that was a really cool concept. And so we, um, at the time, um, liked Pink Floyd and we liked Dick Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> so big at a bam, yeah. big at a boom. But um, we have. But I want to, like, what your question about the timeline of all of that, that had to have been right before or maybe right after the formation of Dutch Uncle, I think is kind of... I believe when... it was probably right before, yeah, right? Yeah. It, had, it had to be probably ninth grade, I would say. Right. Um, uh, which would have been... You would have been in what? Sixth grade? Seventh, eighth, ninth, uh, fifth grade? Uh, yeah. Let me think. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade, something like that. And, and, and for the life of me, I cannot... We had like one tape or two right, tapes, right? Right. And I know you don't have a copy. No. And I've searched high and low and I have tapes from like everywhere. Yeah. Which it's and weird I, because I feel like I had given you like the only copy that we had recorded. I I feel like And you probably did. Yeah. You know. And what's weird is because I cataloged like if it was a tape, I rarely, right. rarely, rarely ever overwrote a tape. Yeah. Like, if it was a digital file on my computer, I'd run out of space and I'd get rid of that stuff all the time. So I have, like, three years from 97 to 99 that are gone yeah. because I was just like, oh, I don't have a hard drive big enough. Right, you know? right. But just like, ha you know. Yeah. But tapes, I would go to, uh, you know, Best Buy or, or uh, uh, Big Bear and buy, you know, the tapes and stuff. Right. So I have no idea. I'm still hoping there's, like some box that my you know dad gets out from under the stairs or something that's <laughs> there's like, a maxwell house uh yeah tape that, in there that is because uh, it's not it's also floyd matthews it's yeah it's not like we didn't label it too. right I'm, yeah I'm no pretty sure yeah i, I think i think matthews. you did um because that that was a thing is like you made your own cover art when you recorded your your own yeah. music so i think you had like 
drew something pretty cool on the on the front of that tape or something. Yeah. But I'm sure well or somebody found it and was just like, Have you guys heard of this underground yeah. <laughs> band called Floyd Matthews? <laughs> We need to sign. They're them they're they're covering uh, uh, "Wish You Were Here" and and there's a couple <laughs> other songs on there. What was great, listeners, about that "Wish You Were Here" version is Kevin and I were doing old school overdubbing, right? So <laughs> we would record, and I don't know why we did it this way. I remember this so frankly now, and I'm like, that was so dumb of us. And it really, was more on me, not right. you. You were like in fifth grade. <laughs> so I would record, instead of recording the bass, not the bass line, but the main part, you know, dun, 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 you know, the main guitar part. Instead of recording that first, I actually recorded the solo first. And then we would try and sync up the solo with the dun, dun, dun. Didn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember, so what we would do is Kevin had um, his like, uh, stereo right and then i would bring over my tape deck and we record the microphone you know doing it and then kind of do both at the yeah. same time and it was very like old school so you need multiple tapes at least two tapes and then we would add the vocals yeah. and stuff but was there <laughs> but man i would love to find that tape and i'm like fingers crossed because I, I literally have a box right. of 25 tapes yeah um you know yeah i de- it's it yeah if it de- ever does get found it's it's like you said it's your your dad's like, oh, I uncovered this dusty yeah. old box, and you know that yeah. was hidden in the attic forever. Yeah. Before we go into our your first live performance, okay. Um, did you? What did you feel like playing in a band? Um, was it fun? Did you like think anything about it, or was it just something you guys did to kill the time? Yeah, like. Uh, to believe it or not uh, what i like the 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 first the first um the early days of being in a band what i like the most about it is not not the playing or like even really getting together with friends or anything it was the gear i thought the gear was the coolest stuff to have (laughs) and i think it probably goes back to when i would go over to your house and you would have your band room set up and there would be mic stands and and cables running this way and that way and just like all of this intricate stuff that just looks so cool you know it was it was unlike anything i had ever seen before and so I just remember like just being very geeked out on the fact that like I was doing something that kind of allowed me to, you know, delve into that world of like gear and, and looking at gear and, you know, thinking about all of that, that stuff. And heck, I, I still even do that to this day, you know, like I'm always oh, like yeah. looking at like stuff. I'm probably will you know, never buy it, but it's it's still it's still fun to like envision like what a you know home studio would look like in your house and and I would get mm-hmm. these monitors and I would get you know this and you know like all of all of that stuff um but yeah I mean for for the actual musical portion of of the band I mean we were I mean we were all still learning our instruments so I think <laughs> I think it was like a just a hot bag of garbage like if if we actually had recordings of of what we were doing um I 
It would probably I sound like love, Dookie. Yeah, I love like. So Dutch Uncle played for two years, roughly, before we went to college. Right, two and a half years. Right, and uh, it, during that time, Dustin had to learn how to guitar. Roach had to learn how to play bass. Nate was a pretty good drummer. I was a decent guitarist for the age and stuff. Right. But by the end, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. in the beginning, we had to sound like absolute poop. Right? right. And I remember it was just Nate and I, and Roach was there. Roach just showed up, you know. Yeah. Just get that out of the way. He just showed up. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing here, Roach? And he's like, oh, no, I just, <laughs> just wanted to, you know, I heard you guys were playing. And I was like, ugh. ugh. Okay. Funny. So Roach is in the corner. Nate and I. Um, are starting to play together. At this point, I don't know why Dustin wasn't there, but I think it was just we were. Tr- I was trying to feel out Nate, you know? Yeah. Um, and Roach is there just sitting in the corner, like, acting like he wanted to play something. And so I start playing. Well, it was so funny because Nate was like, okay, well, what do you want to play? Right. Like, and I was like, well, I don't know. Like, what do you know? Uh-huh. Like, and he's like, well, what do you know? Like, <laughs> it was, I feel like it was a skit from, like, um, The Wonder Years or something. Right. Like, you know, like... Okay. All right. All right. Let's do this. Okay. Well, what are we going to play? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, like. <laughs> anyways, I just start playing Interstellar Overdrive by Pink Floyd. So Nate and I start playing it. I'm recording this on tape, and I don't have this first recording. I do have a recording of it later when it's just me when Roach actually started playing bass. But this first time we played, because it's a really simple song. It just goes, nah, you know, you just heard it. That's the whole song. And Pink Floyd does it for like 10 minutes. We did it for like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, we just played for 25 minutes. <laughs> and the whole time, like now when I think back to it, you know, we were 16 or I was 16, I should say. I right. think Nate, Nate was still 15. I was 16. I was the only one who could drive. Um, we play this 30-minute amazing, mind-melting jam. <laughs> and our, our 15, 16-year-old minds are blown right. about how badass we sound. Right. And, and now, in hindsight, all I can picture is Nate's parents upstairs. Like, don't like... What the hell are they doing? Uh, <laughs> it's just like beep 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 beep. <laughs> like it's just oh, like man. one of those like juxtapositions. The like comparison, you know, it's like oh, this sounds amazing. Right. And, you know, like right. the, that what it actually sounds like to the audience. Yeah. And um, <laughs> what's what's funny about that is you know Dutch Uncle played for a few years. I thought we were okay. You know, we were okay. we were a pretty okay high school band. You know, it's a good way to describe it. Um. We were no Hanson by any means. Yeah. And um, <laughs> um, it wasn't until college, like the first year, when we couldn't have the full band. So we started doing more acoustic shows whenever Roach would visit or Nate would visit. We would just like do acoustic. And I remember like us practicing for a show once. And my mom was like, oh, my God, you guys sound so good. <laughs> like I, I realized, wait, mom, you didn't think we sounded good before we were rocking in the house all the time? <laughs> oh, man. It just when you were when you were telling that story, it just reminded me of there was there was something there was some some comedy sketch or or something a TV show, and <laughs> they get up on stage and they're like a one a two and they're like oh my god we don't know any songs 
<laughs> oh man. I mean that's that's really half the battle. Yeah. And like it, it, performing with other bands or starting other bands, that is still to this day the most awkward thing. Like I think yeah. that's why jamming was invented. Right. Because jazz people were just like, eh, we don't want to learn like Right, you know, whatever big band number we did, let's just make stuff up, you know, like, and then they were like, you know what, I yeah. don't want to play in your time signature. I'm the drummer, and I'm just going to make up a time right, signature. And right, like, Oh yeah, there you, go. you know, like, yeah. just because it's really awkward when you're in a new situation with other musicians, and you're like, all right, let's get together, play, man, and you talk about it. You might have a beer or two, right. you, so you feel all like, yeah, it's going to be awesome, and then you get together, and you're like, huh. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, how's that weather today? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I remember one time I had, I had played with these guys one time, just one time, and uh, <laughs> we played. They were like more of a like a like a heavier metal band, but we had yeah. played one song because, like you were saying, it's just like, well, what are we going to play? Well, one of the things that we all knew that we could you know could play together was "Running Down on a Dream" by Tom Petty, and I remember like so we play it and. Um, you know, there's like towards the end of the song, like before it goes into the big solo, it like it 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 repeats itself like twice over, like it it goes twice as long as as what the other parts of it go. And I remember like we didn't do that, and like we just did it like four times or something like that, and then went into the solo. And so just like I, I mean, I wasn't like trying to be like obnoxious about it or anything. I was just like, oh, like you know that last that last B part or whatever, you know, like that's twice as long. And I remember the like guitar player was just like, well, that's not how we play it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, then <laughs> I was just You're like, and yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Like I was just making a point. If you listen to the original song, it's twice as long on that, on that last section before the big solo. But, but yeah, he, <laughs> he was, was like, like, he was like, that's not how Kevin, did you just well actually? Mean? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I, I think that's a good segue into what bands we've been in, right? Right. Um, you had your, your band for a year and a half. Um, we did our little duo thing for uh, Floyd Matthews, right. right? I was in Dutch Uncle, mm-hmm. and then Dutch Uncle kind of split because Nate went to Case Western, Roach went to Yale, mm-hmm. and Dustin and I went to Ohio University. Right. And it was kind of strange because, like, in hindsight, I don't know why Dustin and I didn't immediately think like, hey, why don't we form a new band at OU? You know, find another drummer, find another bassist. That didn't really cross our minds. Um, And I think at that point, we were focusing on, can we make ourselves better as just two acoustic players? Because at at that time, Dave Matthews would do all these acoustic tours Mm -hmm. across the country with Tim Reynolds, and it was just acoustic. And I think Dustin and I were really into that, like, can we make ourselves better? And truthfully, I did, do think it made us a ton better. It, like, made us really listen to each other instead of just me relying on Nate and Roach or, you know, Dustin just relying on Roach, you know, the, vice versa. Right. It was like, no, let's let's listen to each other. Let's really work on singing together. You know, like, we didn't have that that crutch of the band. Right, you know? right. So it really forced us to get better. I think it, it definitely did help yeah, in the long run and stuff. Yeah. But, um, so we just kind of did our own thing. And then my brother, Adam, was like, well, can I play with you guys? So then we, we started playing together, just the three of us. And we played two shows the whole time we were together, okay. if we want to call it together. 
<laughs> we played um, a, I don't know if it was a Battle of the Bands or it was just an outdoor event at one of the, the um, uh, not dining halls, at one of the dormitories. Like outside, they had like just a big event, okay. like free food, everything right. and stuff, and they had a bunch of bands. Well, our old friend um, from freshman year, he was an RA, and so he's like, hey, do you guys want to play? And we're like, sure. And he's like, well, what's your name? And <laughs> Dustin and I had an art history class at the time, and I think Dustin came up with it. I can't remember. But um, there's a, an architect from like the 1300s or something, but his name was Jizzle Burtis. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think we just said it once, and we were like, that's it. That's the name, Jizzle Burtis. Um, <laughs> and... So we played this show, outdoor show, and I remember we played Mr. Big. We played that song, and I just remember it like killing like well killing to like the one person that was listening like because there's like literally people throwing football and stuff the, the people are not paying attention to the the people on the stage you know and then something happened one of our friends tom from freshman year was like i'm a really good drummer and when, when if a good guitarist is a dime a dozen right right like Everybody knows Wonderwall. <laughs> it's like, you know, everybody like tries to play Sweet Child of Mine, you know, but like certain players, I'd say bassist and drummers are the two that if somebody says I'm a really good drummer right. or I'm a really good bassist, I'm going to tend to believe them because like, I think a majority of drummers know that they're not that great. You know, and they can be a little self-effacing, like, mm-hmm. eh, I kind of suck, you know. Right, But, like, right. once they're good, they're like, I'm good. I need to let people know. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, Tom was really good drummer. Yeah. Like, he was just great and stuff. And he wanted to play. And then it just kind of sounded flat, right? Which was funny, because this was right around when White Stripes was coming out, you know, guitar, drums. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Black Keys, guitar, drums. Like, and Dustin and I, did, we weren't forward-thinking innovators like those bands were right because <laughs> we should have just been like you know what let's just do two guitars and drums let's make it work right. let's try and just like Dustin and i playing acoustic trying to get better why didn't we try and make the sound and i i just i, I felt like something was missing right it, it needed that fullness that that low end yeah was there, yeah so. and tom knew um guy named craig and craig came over and we formed um Another band for the last year, I'd say, before I broke my arm and kind of ruined it for everybody. But it was Gordon Gartrell and the Craft. <laughs> so Gordon Gartrell, um, which is also funny now because Gordon Gartrell, Dustin and I were watching like old episodes of the Cosby Show. Okay. And um, in the Cosby Show, um, Theo, who's like the oldest uh, Cosby son, uh-huh. really wanted this like awesome designer that was named gordon gartrell okay and it's just made up for the cosmos right show. right <laughs> and like in the show um they can't afford it he keeps asking for the money and his dad's like you know it's a whole joke like oh that's too expensive so i think theo's sister uh, lisa bonet like makes it for him because she's like an aspiring uh designer okay 
Oh, man. So he really wanted a shirt? That's what he wanted? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's hilarious. He, just, he, he had to go to a party or dance or something, uh, and this, okay. this shirt was going to be the bee's knees, right? That's it was going to be hilarious. Like, so fire. <laughs> so anyways, that's what I thought was really funny. I think, again, Dustin was like, we should name our band that. I was like, done. You know? <laughs> I love how the sleeves are different lengths on 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 one and the, the other. It had to be really fun to be that designer yeah. or the TV show. Like, okay, you need to make the worst T-shirt like ever, right? Right? right. Like, like, how how are you going to go about it and stuff? Uh, but anyways, um, Tori comes over and we're playing, and he's like, "What's your band name?" Uh-huh. And I was like, "Gordon Gartrell," and he's like, "No." It should be the craftsman. And I was like, why? And he's like, because of Tom. And I was like, so Tom and Tori had a love-hate relationship with each other. I'm not going to go into it too much. But long way of saying, our band officially became Gordon Gartrell and the craftsman. <laughs> so not craftsmen. It was the craftsman. Craftsmen. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And we played a few shows. We weren't that great. Right. You know, but it was just fun. We'd play... Uh, uh, you know parties and stuff and kevin you even you know you ran sound for two of those shows yes um one i don't think you remember at all <laughs> oh uh, yeah because no, you were well, drinking I, a lot no, i do have some memories of that yeah so yeah. let me tell our listeners so <laughs> we're playing in this it's like a it was like a barn, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it had like a lot. Oh, I was space. talking about the other show, but yeah, you can talk about the barn. Oh, okay, show, yeah. well, yeah, I yeah, I remember both shows now that you said okay. that. But um, <laughs> I, basically, I was running sound in, in this. It, 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 yeah, it was like a garage, and yeah, well, yeah, it's it looked like a barn, right? And but it, a big, it was a pole barn, right? But that turned into garage. There was a, a, a apartment upstairs. Yeah, and that's like where you know. I think that's where somebody lived that lived there. No, that's somewhere. where we practiced. Okay, uh, yeah, okay. that's where Gordon Gartrell practiced. Um, so, but this this garage, like, so imagine like a band in a corner, and it is just packed full of people. You know, it's it's like a typical college kegger. You just packed full of people. And I just remember like being wedged in the corner of the <laughs> other corner that the band was on. And my memory of that was that it was so hard to run sound because the um the I couldn't put any gain on the microphones because the immediately <laughs> the mics would immediately start feeding back the minute I like started putting gain on. But then I remember I think it was like somebody like started feeding me drinks or something and it culminated in the end of me not even being on the board anymore and i think i was like in the front row like partying with the the group and you're like standing there playing like (laughs) like what the fuck are you doing get back to the board and i'm just like ah you're like we're going streaking (laughs) but yeah i just remember Kevin's got one job to do, <laughs> you know. Yes. And then I see him in the front row. It had to be Brent. It had to be. It yeah. had to be Brent. Yeah. Like, here you go, kid. Oh, drink this. And then Kevin's in the front row. Like, Woo! And I'm like, what right. are you supposed to be over there? And uh, dear listener, this happened twice. This isn't just this one show. This also happened at another show yeah. that was outside. That one's a little more forgiving because it was like 32 degrees Right, out. right. It was... Literally freezing, and we, you know, 
we're freezing our booties off. Um, I'll share some pictures from both those shows because <laughs> I have both. But <laughs> I, yeah, you, you're probably right. It was like I was sitting back there, you know, looking bored or or whatever. Like you know, wasn't doing much. You know, if a mic fed back, you know, I'd crank down the gain or something like that. But I I could just totally see me like propped <laughs> up on a stool. <laughs> And Brent like walking over with two beers and you know a beer in each hand and he's just like here you go you look I mean Kevin was definitely I just want everyone to know listening Kevin was definitely twenty one at this point there was no way that he was seventeen that's right that's right (laughs) I was I was definitely of of age yeah. Um, So speaking of concerts let's take a step back Um, do you. What was your first concert? What yours was your first performance? And it doesn't have to be like in a band. It could be like the first time you're playing something in front of people, um, whether it's on singing or a play. Or... Yeah, I think I think it. Well, my very first performance was um, the company that I took lessons through. Um, it was um, they would put on recitals. And so it, the the guitar teacher that I had, he he, I think he was the kind of the one that organized it, the the recitals. So the first time I ever, I ever played, I want to say me and him did a duet, and we we did, um, I think we did the Peanuts theme. <laughs> was like an it was in a church somewhere and like i think Mm -hmm. the only people that showed up was obviously the the parents and relatives of the of the uh, people taking lessons but that was my first like experience with like performing in front of strangers was just a and how did you feel about it did you like were you amped about it or what what were your thoughts um nervous i think i was i think i was pretty nervous um and I think I was more nervous about just messing up or something like that. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I had stage fright. It was just more of like, you know, did I, did I practice enough? Do, you know, do, you know, am I going to sound fine when I'm playing, you know? So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily um, like fear of being in front of strangers is, mm-hmm. you know, is, is what it is. And, and and it's funny because later, 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 later on, um, you know, I had to do quite a bit of public speaking. I took two different public speaking classes when I was in college. And I just remember thinking like it was it was no sweat because I'm like, if you can get up in front of people and perform an instrument, then talking in front of people, I, I feel I mean, there I'm I'm sure some people might say it's different, but I feel it's there. It's no different, you know, than yeah. whether you have a microphone in your hand or a, or a, an instrument in your, in your hand. So, yeah. But what was your uh, first experience with uh, performing live? So and I'm pretty sure my parents have this on VHS because I think my nieces have watched it and thinks it's really funny. OK, in like second grade or third grade. Uh, there was some 
you know, it was always in the choir and stuff. There was a like school production of something. Okay. And um my elementary sweetheart, her name was Amber. Um <laughs> off and on, you know, second grade sweethearts to sixth grade sweethearts, you know. It was definitely the dynamic duo oh, yeah. of e school. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um but anyways, she was going to be I think lip syncing to my boyfriend's back. My boyfriend's back and you're gonna be in trouble. Hey la, hey la, my boyfriend's back. She is coming, better cut out on the double. Hey la, hey la, my boyfriend's back. You've been spreading lies that I was untrue. Hey la, hey la, my boyfriend's back. So look out now, cause he's coming after you. So she was going to be singing to me. I'm not the boyfriend. I'm the guy she's singing to. Like, you're going to be in trouble when my boyfriend gets Right. Back. And, like, three of her friends were, like, the backup singers. Like, so they'd be like, hey, no, hey, no. And so all I had to do was, like, literally look at her and, like, cross my arms. Like, <laughs> and I got this. Somebody gave me a leather coat. Right. I think her mom found a leather okay. coat for me to wear. So I was supposed to be, like, this bad boy that she was, like, um... I don't remember anything except hating it and loving it at the same time. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. it's kind of like a roller coaster. Right. You you hate going on the Millennium or whatever it was called. Yeah. You know, like yeah. until you're there and doing it. And you're like, this right. is amazing. Right. You know, like um and that's kind of what I, I, I felt like was like, holy crap, this was very scary and the awesome what are you drinking this time? So my second beer tonight. Woo! That is an interesting flavor. <laughs> <laughs> you heard oh, it here man. first. <laughs> um. So it is uh, Unveiled uh, Brewing Company, and it's a mango uh, IPA, and it is mango flavored. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's good, but I just I wasn't expected to have like a party of a mango party in my mouth uh-huh. as soon as I drank that. Hmm. Man, I'm I'm interested now. Do you like mango as a flavor? <sighs> Not typically. Like it's weird. So I just took my second drink, and I still don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> like it's it's interesting, but it's like, do I do I like this interesting? I don't yeah, know. I get it. I get it. The 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 jury's still deliberating on this one. <laughs> but uh what's what's your second beer for tonight? Mine is by far my favorite beer within the last five years. It is the Devil I'm sticking with Devil's Kettle. It is the Devil's okay. Kettle Half No Fury. It's an Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. Mm. And I believe I already had it on this show the one night when we didn't have beers and stuff and I had to go grab something, but I I think I'll have this many more times on this show just because right. of how much I like it. Like <laughs> it is it is bourbon yeah. barreled, it is dark, it is right. thick. So if you're not into that stuff, stay far, 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 far away. But yeah. <laughs> it is good stuff. But um Uh like what what do you like the most about it? Like what what uh qualitative 
it's hard to describe. Parts, so yeah. you know, one of the the beer terms, like when people drink beer, is the mouth feel, yeah. right? Okay. I, mean, I think all this stems from wine drinkers, but yeah, just talking beer terms. So the mouth feel, the aftertaste. You know, because uh, okay. like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have when are you tasting that mango? Is it when it goes in your mouth or is it when you swallow and like the air rushes in? So like rethink of the, that, that way. Let, let me think of it that yeah. way. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's not the aftertaste, but it's it's not the initial taste. It's like it's like initial taste tastes like a normal IPA and then bam. You're just hit with this like mango, mango flavor, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what caught it. It, it kind of caught me off guard, is because like like I said, first first taste, you don't. It's like oh, it's, it's just a normal IPA, and then it's just like an explosion of mango in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really fun, and, yeah. and that's what is kind of interesting about beer. And the the only other alcoholic drink. I've really experienced that where you can really be surprised by the flavor of something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is sake. Um, okay. I would recommend anyone, if they haven't, do go to a, like, a traditional Japanese sake place. Um, I don't okay. know if Ohio has any, uh, but I was in San Francisco when I did it. And we did a sake tasting. And I remember Brent like joking, like, I can just literally go buy a bottle and we'll just drink it at home. Like, why are we doing this? But complete 180 for all of us i was like i don't even like it like and we tried probably you know just sipping you know you're not like doing shots we're just with rice what they're able to do with this drink Uh is mind-blowing and he's like oh does that taste like strawberries and it's like yeah and they're not adding strawberries to it they're not like beer they're not like oh let's put in some apricot no it is literally like how they cook it and they're like manipulating like the the length of time and stuff. It was just it was awesome. And yeah, so I yeah. love that about it. And I love that beer can have that same kind of surprise too. And I think right. that is the biggest disconnect with a lot of um, uh, you know, traditional beer drinkers. You know that that we are too. Uh, but you know that getting into this microbrewery stuff is they're like this isn't beer to me. This dark uh, half no fury that is not beer. That is like, you know what wine should taste like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I do agree with that. Like at a certain, at a certain point, um, it, it doesn't, yeah, it's not like beer. It's, this isn't what beer tastes like. It's, it's, and, and that's what my dad doesn't like about a lot of the craft beers is he's just like, this doesn't taste like beer. Like, you know, yeah. he's so, he's so used to the, the pills, um, lager, you know, style that it's just like the IPAs of the world. It's like, he's like, this, this doesn't taste like beer, you know, <clears throat> which is a valid, you know, thing to say. I mean, you right. like what you like, you know, I mean, right. I still really like Bush Light. I mean, heck, you were <laughs> drinking a Bush Light before tonight's episode that's, started. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no. So, do you remember your your first performance in in a band? Yeah, um, Dust and I have been playing together since October. Um, coming up with songs, Nate joins in late December. Roach just kind of shows up and starts playing bass because we just say, "Hey, you should play bass." And Nate jokingly said, "You have the build of a bassist." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
fast forward to I think February. We're gonna play our friends our friend is like, I want you to play at our house and we'll just have everybody over. It's the same friend right. that had the night that Dust and I came alive. You know, it was like she was friends with everyone. Whenever she had a party, you know, there's no never alcohol, never needed to be alcohol. It was just hanging out with a bunch of people. But there'd be like twenty, thirty people. So we were like, oh, yeah, let's do this. It's going to be our first gig. And and it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I want it to get really good before I start telling people about it. You know, we're still figuring out the band right. at that point. Like what right. the, it sounds like. Roach was telling everyone and, you know, Nate was telling everyone. And I was just like, oh, Nate's like my brother and all his friends are going to come. And I'm like, oh, man, like, yeah, you know, and I was kind of the de facto lead singer then, you know, because Roach really wasn't ready to step up yet and yeah you know uh, dustin had a few songs but it was like 80 percent me you know and i, I don't know it's yeah. just kind of that same feeling i had with all my other performances of super exciting but super scary and stuff right and right. we're we're gonna play in that day like level three snow emergency <laughs> um <laughs> we, we prepped we've already set up all of our gear down in her yeah. uh, basement the night before she had this okay. awesome huge basement and one side was all tile, and they had a hot tub like in the corner. Like it was, <laughs> it was like a sweet place to hang out. Um, yeah. So we were playing in the tile side, which you know probably sounded amazing for sound. All that yeah. going and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, level three snow emergency, and I'm like, I'm like, I think we got to cancel it. And Roach is like, No, let's not cancel. Let's just do it. And I'm like, Yeah, but level three technically means you could be like ticketed for driving on the road well we wait and then like at six o'clock they lower it down to a level one right it's <laughs> so uh, we're supposed to start playing at 7 30 or something um and everybody's like i'm still going if you guys are still doing it and i was like really okay like okay and like yeah like 30 people showed up and i don't remember anything about it I remember we like jokingly had one guy running the lights, which was literally just turning off because she had a lot of can lights in the room. Okay. You know, like there's probably six different light controls. So he was literally up there turning off one and doing the other. So (laughs) I was like, we're like old school, man. We're like Pink Floyd doing it like, you know, and I I don't remember much about it. I remember... um, thinking it was uh, it was just amazing uh, it was really fun like there was there was some a few things that annoyed me right um we messed up this song or you know did something wrong there but yeah yeah but it was pretty fun but but do you remember um first time playing yeah i re- so kind of back to the story of playing recital the following year the the guitar teacher he basically like put put together a band of the his like best performers and i remember um you know so like the recital it would have like the individual performances but then at the end of the recital the, the band would play and the band would play like i think it was like three or four songs something like that so you know, we I actually had to drive down to to uh, Circleville every week to to practice with the, the with this band. Um, but yeah, I remember being up on stage, and I think I think I had um um a, I think I have a picture of that very first performance, like with the band, because we played 
we played like a lot of like Beatles. I think we played, um, it was all cover songs. It wasn't, it wasn't like originals. Um, but, uh, I remember, um, I remember like being up there and kind of feeling, uh, like I didn't want to look out into the crowd. Like, cause I didn't like, I didn't want to like make eye contact with anybody. Cause I felt like that was like weird or, or not weird, but like it made it like more kind of nerve wracking, mm-hmm. I guess, if I look someone in the eye. So I just remember like really just like zeroing in on, on my, my playing on, you know, looking at my neck the whole time. Um, but it, I mean, it was, it was definitely not, uh, you know, like, uh, at, you know, as yours would be like with, with the private party and stuff, yeah. it was very kind of just like, oh, and next we have the recital band that, you know, is yeah. playing these but that's five like, songs. That's like a legitimate, you know, gig though, you know, whether yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, hell, mine was in a basement in a hot tub room, you know, <laughs> like you at least had probably much better sound and like everything. Right? right. Like you probably had a PA. We didn't have a PA, you know, we had we had a guitar stack that was used for vocals. You know? <laughs> we had programs, um, which our names were printed in them. And I just remember like feeling like I had reached some type of level at that point like oh my name is printed you know in this program <laughs> and i still have those programs to the to, to this see day, now that's know? it's like that's awesome because yeah. it's little moments like that that you know a lot of people take for granted right right and like getting your name printed in a program even if somebody printed it in word on their home computer right but it was still yeah it was still an yeah. event and a hundred years from now, you could put that in a uh, a photo album, right? And you could right. have it with a little laminated sheet, and somebody will be like, "Oh man, this, Kevin J. Murphy performed at so and so place on this date," and right, you know, right? It, it's like it's such a it, it it it's such a cool thing, you know, to yeah. have that and even and keep you'd, it, you'd, you know. You know what? I should dr- dig those programs out because I I do remember they had like the songs that we played, like the, oh, the song perfect. list. So I I just I'd be curious of of what songs well, we and, actually played. And like one of the things I did was create a website for Dutch Uncle, right? Okay. And that website is still live. <laughs> Wait, you still own the the domain for no, Dutch Uncle? No, baby. No, baby. Back in the okay. day, remember GeoCities? Everybody was like, "Oh, you get a free yeah, stuff." Yeah. Well, here's the thing: as I I knew GeoCities was going to die. I just knew it. I was like, yeah. "No, GeoCities isn't <laughs> your, for for Migs." Your your intuition. I got to go to Angelfire. Holy, holy cow! <laughs> I cannot believe this still exists. Yeah, I think the last updated, and of course, this is back in the day. You would put when the website was updated. <laughs> okay. So I updated it last uh, 2002. Um, and that was more just a like, hey, I'm just going to kind of clean it up as much as I can. <laughs> but if you go there, you go to dates. Oh, man. You can see awesome. our set list from 99. I should have put 97, 98 in there and stuff. But yeah, so That's if you click awesome. on it and you can see our set list. And so I'm just love. So over the years, Angel Fire's added more and more ads to this website, like which is really funny. One, the right. Angel Fire still exists. Right. But two, that there's like ads all over the page now, which back in the day there was not ads. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess book. 
<laughs> oh man. So this is the page that we sent to Mo. So we, we asked Mo in ninety eight if they ever had opening bands. And well Roach did. Roach Roach is <laughs> you could tell Roach was gonna be like somebody in the music world because like in ninety eight when he was like sixteen, he was like hey, why don't we just reach out to Mo? And I was like, what? You can't reach out to Mo. They're this massive, huge band playing the new right. part, you know, but like, <laughs> like in my mind, Roach reached out and, and Chuck responded, uh, the guitarist. And he was just like, Hey, yeah, sorry. We don't have opening bands. He's like, but I'm really interested in what the cookie man thinks of something. And I was like, Oh my God, he looked at her site because uh, like it was about, I think he went to the about or something, you know, uh, it talks about the cookie man, which is roach and stuff, but that's hilarious. But I, <laughs> I, I love that the site exists and I have this downloaded. So that way, whenever angel fire does go under, I have it for two reasons. How horribly like everything was just like mishmash. I was like, Oh, I'm just going to yeah. Photoshop this picture of roach with insert brain here on the homepage. <laughs> and then if you click on info, <laughs> there's all these like random photos of everything. And yeah. Yeah, I love I love how the uh, the info it's like nine pictures of Roach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, click on news. I was really proud of this Photoshop effect back in '99 or 2000 when I did this. Ah, see, yeah, see that fading? Like... I was like, boom! And I think I had to Photoshop like Dustin's arm, his left arm, because he was like cut off or something. I was like, bam! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first time we played together out at a show? So I remember, oh man, I, cause I'm pretty sure think. I know, but you, but you can, okay. Think. Okay. I want to say it was at donkey coffee. Oh man. Do you remember that when it well, was like, the... that's the first time you and I played together, but that's not the first time like by ourselves, but that's not the first time we played together, like on a stage. Uh. Because Donkey Coffee was when we lived together. Man, I'm drawing blanks. Well, it was with, what would we call ourselves? Suburban Groove? What was our name? With with Adam. The original name oh, of Moonville. Yeah, the uh, uh, Suburban Groove in, in injection. 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 Or was it Induction? Yeah, it was Injection. No, Injection. Suburb- like a, like a God, I love that name. That was such a good name. Suburban Groove Injection. Like, okay. You're going to the Nelsonville Music Festival. Let's say we're playing that. You're looking down. Who's playing Nelsonville Music Festival this year? Moonville? Station? Moonville? Okay, that's cool. Oh, they're local. And then you see Suburban Groove Injection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Our most current band, I should say, was Kevin, myself, Michael, Joel, and Brad. Brad plays drums. Joel plays guitar. Michael plays guitar, Kevin plays bass. Brad and Joel and my brother Adam grew up together. They are the same age. They're five, six years older than us. They had a band originally called Farmhouse back in the day. But then, you know, Joel moved away. They stopped playing together and stuff. So when Joel moves back after five years in Boston or however long he was there, we start playing together as a group. So we we form a new group, and it's called Mm -hmm. Suburban Groove Injection. Um, Greatest name, bar none. (laughs) I've, I've well the 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 best part is is like with a name like that you can you can abbreviate it you can be like oh you oh, don't know SG- SGI oh my god Kevin you're so right <laughs> oh man why did we ever get right oh so anyways at, I don't know at a certain point my brother stops playing and at that point we had played together for a bit but we had transitioned like we're like okay we're we were kind of rethinking 
how we sounded. And I think that's really when we started clicking together as a foursome. And so we, we thought renaming the band would be a good idea. And uh, down in Southeast Ohio, there's like, there used to be like <clears throat> old mining towns, everything all over. You'll still find houses that were like mining houses. Um, but there's a tunnel that's just out in the middle of the woods out and it's called Moonville Tunnel. It's just this tunnel in the middle of nowhere. Like, you know, it's maybe mm-hmm. 200 feet long. Um, Kevin's been there and stuff. But um, <clears throat> we thought that'd be just a cool name, you know. Moonville. Done. Right. Simple. Moonville. Um, fast forward a few years. There's a, like, Swedish metal band called Moonville. <laughs> and um, I'm not sure why we ever, like, really cared about them being yeah. that. You know, we, yeah. we couldn't buy Moonville.com. Somebody else already owns it, and I think it points to the right. Moonville Tunnel, you know, which I'm fine with. I don't want to take away from that, because exi- that, that Moonville Tunnel will be a tourist destination long past our <laughs> existence as a band, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but we decided to change it, so we updated it to Moonville Station, um, you know. Uh, but the first time we actually played together in a band was at the where do you where do your parents go now the moose Lodge. oh yeah 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 remember that show we played with adam right okay it was something for, i think it was one of brad's teacher parties possibly okay but yeah we played the moose lodge in lancaster which i have a recording of and it's not great okay um <laughs> we were super rough um and I think we'd only been playing for a few months at that point. Do you know what the date on that was? <clears throat> right, here we go. Live at Moose Lodge. April 28th, 2007. 2007. Yeah. Hmm. We played Running Down a Dream. Maybe okay. We'll Dance, which I think was one of our songs. I See the Light. Ash Wednesday, <laughs> which is another one of our songs. Margaritaville. <laughs> Rocky Go-Go, which was a Kevin song. Already Gone and One Way Out. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I love how we played uh <laughs> Rocky a go go. Yeah. Which is essentially the same uh chord progression as Rocky like a hurricane. Hey, you're giving away the naming of the song, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Here now I gotta play a little bit of, of Rocky Go Go over the speakers. Okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was set one. Set two, uh, for some reason, I don't have the full set. So okay. I only have uh, two songs, which is I Don't Know What Will and Why Don't We Get Drunk. Why don't we get drunk and screw? Oh, yeah. So 2007 was the first time, right? Because that was the first like band you and I were in together, wasn't it? Yeah. I I believe so, but for some reason, I feel like there was there was something else there. There's There's something earlier than that, but... But there had to be a time maybe it. you sat in as a bassist for one of my other bands. Yeah. Or yeah, some something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know if you would if you would really want to, you know, qualify it as uh as first live performance together, but um but yeah, that's that's funny. Two thousand seven, huh? Yeah. Kevin, did you ever have any aspirations of what you were going to do with this talent that you have of playing bass? 
Yeah, I I think I had many different aspirations. I I I think in the beginning uh, when I first started um playing bass, I remember so there was the show on MTV and it was called Made. Do you remember the show? I think so. Um so it was like it where listeners. so it was like where a person had like a wish and essentially oh, yeah. like yeah. You know, the the people would come in and, and do whatever. Like, it, you know, it was like, oh, I, I want to be a beauty queen and I'm a tomboy. So they, they teach her how to do, a, you know, all that stuff. So in, in my early musical career, I had this aspiration of like, you know, being on that show. Like, basically, because that show is essentially like zero, like the story is always the same. It's zero to hero. Uh, you know, every episode of, of made. So like I had that kind of aspirational, like I am a nobody, nobody knows my name, but I want to be on the show and like be in the talent contest or something like that. And like, just blow the doors off the building. And you know, like every, everybody loves me, you know, everybody like thinks I'm, you know, a God or, or whatever. Um, so that was kind of like my, my early aspirations of, of my musical career. But, but then when I went to music school, I kind of thought of, uh, of, uh, you know, like I didn't like, I I think always in the back of my head, like, oh, that'd be awesome to be like in a band that makes it and you become like a quote unquote rock star. But, um, I always wanted to like be somebody like that is just more than a starving artist. So that was kind of like more the later aspirations of, of a musician of like, Oh, well, like, you know, like one, one thing that they talked about quite a bit um, in music school is like just being a a session musician because there's huge need for just session musicians. And, you know, there's, very successful session musicians out there that, you know, make a lifelong career out of it. So kind of like, that's kind of what I, I, you know, later in my musical life, uh, aspired to is like, well, maybe I can make it good enough where I'm like a, a coveted session musician. Like, Oh, we have this thing we need to record. Like call Kevin. He's the, the person for the job. So. And that's kind of funny because, if you're ever on any message boards and you're posting like, um, you know, pictures of your setup for your guitar and stuff. And that's right. like, like back to you, like thinking all the gear was so cool. I mean, like, yeah, there's grown adults that is like their toys, right? Like, Oh, check out my right. gigs and stuff. And you right. will post something and a majority of people that like spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on their yeah. gear are just gig musicians at their local church. Yeah. <laughs> it, it It is like, like I posted my setup once and yeah. that was like, Hey, do you gig at a church? Because that's like a perfect church setup. And I'm like, <laughs> like okay, you know, now I, I don't yeah. go to church, but maybe I should right. like start just gigging at churches and that way you justify yeah. all this money. You're spending. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, Katie, know, we like... made $300 between the four of us last night. It's cool. <laughs> you know, we played three gigs last year. We're, we're rocking. <laughs> we're, we're raking it in. No. And I've always thought about that too, because, yeah, you're 16. Okay. 
realistically, all I ever wanted right. in life, and I remember telling myself this in ninth grade when you had to take the, like, uh, whatever test that said, oh, you should be uh, this, or you should be this, or, you know, where you, like, answer something. Like, are you into electronics? Do you know what ACDC means, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And for some reason in my mind, I remember thinking, like, I wanted to make $50,000 a year and have two kids. Don't know why. That was just the... Uh, came up from somewhere, right? So even though I would have these fantasies of playing on stage and rocking the saxophone solo or rocking the yeah. guitar solo, right, um, right, I never and I watched. You know, that's when behind the music started coming out, and you'd have to see yeah. everything that all like these people had to go through to reach that. Oh, I for, you know what? I fucking forgot about behind the music. I would say that did a you know like aspirational. Like that was right when Made was mm-hmm. was during the time. You know, like oh they no doubt started in their basement yeah. and they had a white van and they exactly huge now, you know, but that was it. Right. You had to see all the struggle they had to go through. I remember watching uh, the blues traveler one and he mm-hmm. literally had a map of the United States on his wall with every County on the East coast. And he wanted to pencil in that they played in that County. So they okay. would play and he'd play. And that's, what's one of the things that I feel like is missing from uh, the YouTube uh, influencers and musicians and stuff you can literally if you're an amazing singer right you're carol king back in the 70s she had to work her ass off to become carol king who has like more number one hits and songwriting credits than anybody in existence right 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 but like her granddaughter now could just start singing and have this amazing voice and this amazing talent and then be discovered on youtube and sit yeah. in the basement of her home and it's right. kind of like I'm, I'm not I'm not putting down people that make it on YouTube. I'm just thinking like, man, like like that stress because I, I truthfully I think if YouTube would have existed or that avenue would have existed, I probably would have been much more serious about playing music and trying to better my songwriting abilities and everything. Mm-hmm. But I knew it wasn't mm-hmm. possible. I knew I wasn't going to put in the work right. to go like right. I don't really want to drive across country in a shitty van for five to ten years. Uh, yeah. To hope to make it, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, hey, it's just a fun thing for me. You know, it's just, hey, let's just have fun. Um, yeah, it's cool. Like, we got to play, you know, in front of, like, a thousand people up at Riverfront the one time. And right. that was cool. But it was not like, oh, and it was really cool that a kid came up afterwards and was like, can I have your autograph? But the kid was just asking everybody for their autograph. And the off chance that those people became famous one day, you know? Yeah. But it was yeah. still like a... <laughs> It was still a cool thing. And so, but at every time I do that and I get off stage, I'd still be going back to this $50,000 mindset, you know, which is kind of Mm -hmm. funny. I just looked it up just so everyone's aware. $50,000 might have been a lot of money um, in 1990 or might have been good money. And so a lot of people think that $50,000 is still good money today. $50,000 in 1990, you would be having to make $99,616 $99,616 today to have the equivalent <laughs> amount that you made when you're making $50,000 a night. Yeah. So wherever I came up with $50,000, like I heard it on the news or whatever, I'm not seeing salaries that are $99,000, $100,000 as like yeah. a normal salary. It's like someone's like, oh, right. you're making sixty grand. That's great. No. Inflation's a hell of a drug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So we 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 wanted to make it big, but we kind of wanted to make it big like everybody wants to make it big, right? Like it right. would be awesome mm-hmm. to to be there. But I think because we both realized we couldn't make it big, 
we could still have awesome experiences from playing and some not awesome experiences. So what do you think is your most memorable gig? To be honest with you, it has to be the um, Moonville. I think it was still Moonville at the time um, gig at the Maplewood. Mm -hmm. And that was when it was it was a multiple events happened that night. But I think it was the the guy came on stage and was just a belligerent ju- uh, drunk. And so we had to cut because he, he was like yelling into my microphone. So we had to cut his mic off um, because he just would not get off the stage. <laughs> and he was just like. Bah, 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 bah. And then so like after we took care of that business, like I just remember like looking out and all of a sudden there's like a blow up doll in the crowd, like a <laughs> sex blow up doll. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just remember like, what, what is going on tonight? Because it is like, it's just, just ridiculous. Um, yeah, I just like, I, that really stands out for me is just, <laughs> it was like multiple, just kind of multiple things were happening. And well, and what was, was fun just, about that night, was I think so anybody that's aware the Maplewood um or that's not aware the Maplewood was I don't know just a dive bar in Athens Ohio it, it, Athens Ohio is a college town so majority of the bars are filled with college students right uh but the Maplewood was like outside of the college sphere and it's where a lot of the townies would go it's a lot where yeah. like outside townies would go um and it was always packed, always packed, at least in the beginning. And then towards the end, it, right. don't know what happened, but it, it definitely changed. But um, we would play there occasionally. Always a good time. You would you would play one night and you would play running down. <coughs> excuse me. You would play one night and you would play running down a dream and it would just kill. And then the next time it would be dead silent. And then you would play. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get drunk? and screw and it would kill one night and then the next night would be just but it the crowd never changed it was always packed and so you just never knew it was just the level of like people there it was just crazy and so kevin talking about this guy coming up okay yeah this this guy was just a belligerent drunk that just grabbed a hold of my microphone <laughs> and and just started yelling into it but I also think that was the same night. That well, I think the, it, you're right, and because yeah, so anyways, the the, doll. yeah, this night that Kevin's talking about is super packed. Um, <laughs> um, at this point, Kevin and I lived together, so we had a lot of our friends there. Um, I had some family members there, and I think there was a bachelor party there, and I think that's why that blow yeah. up doll was being blown around. Yeah, which is why I bring up what Maplewood was because right. I, I'm all for bachelor parties, going to bars and stuff, but I don't know why Maple would be would be your um, location to take a bachelor party. <laughs> you know, like maybe that was right, the start of the night, right. but I don't think that was the start of the night. I think that was the end of the no. night. No, yeah, I think that was. And yeah, that was a loud night. <laughs> I I think what kind of adds to that memory is the the fact that it was it was packed. Yeah, which you know, there's lots of gigs that you know there wasn't a whole lot of people there. Yeah. Just you know, maybe it was busy in the the beginning and then kind of trailed off. But my memory of of that gig is it was just like solid people <laughs> all the way through that gig, 
And then the fact that you have like drunken, belligerent people getting up on stage, yelling into my, my microphone, us like yelling over to Joel to like <laughs> mute the mic because he's just like, bah, 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 bah. and then like, yeah, it was just, it well, was, okay, was let's, crazy. let's paint a little picture. So where we played at the Maplewood was a slightly raised stage, slightly. I mean, during the day they used this for lunch tables and stuff. It wasn't like a real quote unquote stage. It was literally right. like eight inches off the ground, you know, and um, <laughs> there was a railing. And so I would be in the middle. If you were looking at us from the front, I, I, I don't, I'm going to mess up stage left and stay right, stage right, yeah. so Kevin can correct me. But if you're looking from the front, I'm in the middle, Joel's to the right, and Kevin is to the left. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Kevin is near an exit. There's a door over there. Right. And, but even though there's railing for a lot of the, 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 the stage, there is an opening where Kevin would be standing. And this is where this guy was like grabbing the microphone and yeah, yeah, that's that's how he got on stage to begin with was that through that opening and then you know it's just like oh I I I want to sing because this is clearly a karaoke <laughs> bar or something I don't know I think there's two different types of musicians there's the musicians that respect musicians playing and say hey you know I I want to just listen to what you do man you know. And then there's the musicians that think that they can add something to the show. Right. Which is never a good thing. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Never. Unless you no. unless you're Prince or somebody that is like known and like the crowd wants to see Prince right. like go up right. on stage and yeah. with the local band. Like yeah. that's the only time it's acceptable. If if Prince walked into the Maplewood before he died and was just like, Hey, when you guys play Purple Rain I want to join and I want to do the guitar solo. I'd be like, <laughs> gladly, Prince. But sorry, right. random guy that right. just happens to carry around every key of harmonica in his thing, and he wants to just <laughs> join on the blues thing. That's not fun yeah. for us. That's not. Right. That's that's not fun for any band. I'm sorry. No, it, it's not. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like you think you're like a like oh I'm a badass because like I I can play with this band, but at the same time you're. You're you're completely derailing the band, <laughs> you know, to accommodate your uh, your ego, yeah. you know, during that time. The most annoying thing that happened to me with that is, I'm a pretty good guitarist. I know I am. I'm not the best, but you know, I'm a competent guitarist, right? And in college, I don't know if you were there for this party, but it was a Gordon Guard Trail show, and so remember Tori's house. With the um, stairs or the the balcony uh, above, you know, where you could get to the second floor. Right. Like right. So Gordon Gartrell was playing underneath that. Like, I don't remember why, but we were. it might have been raining. So maybe we were like up against that, the house. So you couldn't walk into the house that way that night. It was really mm-hmm. weird. I, I don't remember yeah. why we were. And we were playing and we were doing whatever. And then some guy... Um, during our set break, picks up Dustin's guitar, not mine, and here's the distinction, right? Because I'm the quote-unquote good guitarist, right? And he knows, oh, I can't pick up his because that would piss him off. He picks up Dustin's guitar, which pisses Dustin off, rightly so, mm-hmm. and starts playing yeah. Dustin's guitar. And I go to him, and I'm like, what What are you doing, man? And he's like, oh, no, I just want to play with you guys. And I'm like, well, we only have two guitars, and we already have a guitarist. And I can yeah. tell Dustin's like visibly up- upset, and Dustin's like, no, it's fine. He can play. And I'm like, God damn it. 
like like okay and and i was like fine and one of his friends is like guitar off or duel and stuff and <laughs> so tom is loving it tom is just like yeah yeah and i'm like god damn it tom this is the worst thing that could ever happen right and this guy right. isn't bad he's does his blues licks right and so we start playing. People actually start paying attention to us. So it's your typical bullshit. It's like, and the, you know. So this guy tries to start pulling out his normal blue slicks. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm really going to have to do that, aren't I? So yeah. I pull out the plan with your teeth trick, <laughs> which I learned when I was 15. <laughs> and the crowd's like, oh, <laughs> like it didn't matter what he did. And then like he, he tried to do something. And technically his thing, because teeth is playing like literally it's the funniest you're really playing with your fingers, right? But you're just kind of picking with your teeth every now and then. Right. So playing right. with your teeth. But for the crowd, that is mind-blowing. Okay? <laughs> so then the guy like keeps trying to play his cool blues licks, which sound really good. Sorry. I just won up to you with the teeth lick thing. So then I right. put the guitar behind my neck. like old, And I'm just like, dude. Again, <laughs> what I was playing was not anything fancy. And what he was playing yeah. was probably better. Didn't right. matter to the crowd. And like I was just like, you're making me pull out these things that I did when I was 16 as a joke <laughs> on stage because I'm so mad at you right now. Yeah. So yeah, fun fact, people. Definitely. Unless the band says, "Hey, we really want you to come join." If your wife, if your girlfriend, if your husband, or if your best friend is like, "Dude, just go up there, just go play with them, man, just do it," you know, just do it. Don't ever do it. So now the question is: Is what do you see? It doesn't have to be Moonville. But you as a musician, as a bassist, what do you see yourself doing when you're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80? Um, yeah, like, I I think I, I am always going to be, like, a bassist. And, like, even if that means just, like, you know, tinkering around at, in my house but my my days of of longing to to play shows from 10 to 2 is is <laughs> that that long is is not there anymore it's just like i feel like i've i've done my time with that and i've had great times with that but uh, you know it's just it's that kind of passion yeah. to like oh let's go play a gig it's like eh i'm i'm good well you know? and i completely agree and you know what I see myself doing more and more is we'll go to wineries or breweries or something and people aren't right. playing 10 till 2 right they're playing 5 until 9 or yeah. 6 until uh -huh. 8 you know they're at a winery just providing background music right and it's kind of right. like and it doesn't have to be like background winery music of like doo, doo, doo. you know there's like blues bands I've seen that have been out at a winery just like playing and I'm like, mm -hmm. that is the the gig, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. hey, if you're done by seven, boom, load up, leave right. by eight, you know, like right. cops Definitely. aren't going to be out pulling everybody over just because they think they're drunk. <laughs> you don't got fucking drunken people getting up on stage and, you know, you get, all that get those, shenanigans. Well, you got those drunk wino women that are like, woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Kevin. Are you ready for another? I think I am. 